Other Side podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm Scott Kirk, and today we will be listening to the second and final part of our two-part interview with former Columbus Mayor Michael B. Coleman. Your thoughts on defunding the police or reallocating funds from the police to other things such as social programs. What do you think about that? Well, please, I don't agree with defunding the police. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I do agree that it is necessary to provide additional resources to the idea of uh, dealing with a comprehensive um, situation with mental health, with other issues associated with society, increasing more emphasis in, in that area, not necessarily taken away from policing. Uh, it means I support like issue 24. Issue 24 is about mental health in Columbus. And we're increasing taxes to get to do that. That's important to do. I think it'd be great to have the uh, mental health folks to work with the Division of Police in dealing with encounters like uh, standoffs uh, where only SWAT comes in. But now let's bring in a mental health professional to help with those situations. Uh, I think it is uh, the right thing to do to bring in uh, counselors and, and situational people to help with circumstances on the ground that take place that right now police officers said just go in there and just take care of it. Uh, you know, police officers are not trained psychiatrists. They are not trained mental health professionals. Uh, uh, and sometimes we ask them to do too much. Uh, and let's figure out what we're asking them to do. And sometimes we need to take that off their plate and ask somebody else to do. That doesn't mean defund them. That doesn't mean reallocate. That means being smart on how we just allocate all our dollars. Uh, I do not agree with defunding police. I, I think that is not the right way to go. Enforcing collaboration between departments, forcing collaboration between social services and policing, forcing those things are important to do. You know, you know, some people will say uh, that there's not enough uh, resources going to police. In some neighborhoods, crime rates going up, murder rates going up, because the gangsters are getting crazy out there. They got crazy with me too uh, during a period. So what do you do? You need greater policing. We need the police. They need us too. We got to understand this is a reciprocal relationship that we have to forge collaboration at the end of the day to make sure we can work together. As a black man, a former politician, a city official, how have you personally been processing all of this? I, I worry. I, I mean, I really worry where we are as a nation. I worry, and I'm pained by racism. It hurts to see it. It hurts to feel it. It brings back things in my lifetime, uh, while I was mayor, before I was mayor, since I've been mayor. Uh, 
racism hurts. I feel it. I worry about my kids. I have a son that's a police officer, proud of him. I have another son who is in the military, proud of him. I have a daughter who's a banker. I worry about each and every one of them. I also worry about every, everybody else's kids too. I am proud of the fact that we are now talking about racism. I am proud and happy that we are finally laying it on the line and discussing it. And I am also proud of the fact that communities like Columbus and others are actually doing something about it and not afraid to talk about it. I think there's still a lot of opportunity to deal with the issues of racism and color uh, and people of color. Lots of opportunities to uh, deal with generations of racist conduct and activity that impact all of us. Opportunities in the business community to improve their boards, diversify their boards, their C-suites, doing business with minority businesses without being mandated to do so, but love to mandate them. Without that, if they could just do that, that would be a big, big effort. And so I think there's opportunities there uh, to improve the issues of race uh, in America. And I think that at the end of the day, in spite of what we see today, subject to some changes in leadership, especially out of Washington, because I think they're perpetuating division. I think they're perpetuating a racism. We got to see that change. But I am still very optimistic about the nation. I'm optimistic about the city. And I frankly think we're on the right track. We got to stay on that track. And we got to expose ourselves to deal with this issue of race uh, in our communities in a way that it is not accusatory, but in a way of acknowledging that it exists and let's deal with it in a positive and constructive way that improves black folks' lives and our entire country and everybody's life. Some of us didn't have the benefit of what's going through today especially our younger people. They didn't know what happened in the 60s. I remember the 60s very well. I remember going to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King speech when I was a young man at Scott High School in Toledo. And I remember it to this day. And I remember him coming to Toledo. It was, it was Scott High School gymnasium. And there were thousands of people in that gymnasium, it seemed. And I came and stood on the back on a metal chair and looking over the heads of people and Dr. King was killing it, man. He was rapping. He was telling us, you know, what we needed to do. And I understood a lot and some I didn't understand, but I knew I needed to do something to help participate. But I remember how they passed the bucket and they literally passed a metal bucket to collect money for Dr. King to go to the next stop in, 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 in America to deliver the message of nonviolent protests, civil rights, and equal opportunity. They passed that bucket from person to person to person to person until it came to me. There was all this money in there, quiet money, I call it, dollars, dollar bills, $20 bills, $5 bills. I had a nickel in my pocket. <laughs> I reached down deep into my pocket 
pulled out this nickel, dropped it into the bucket, and it went all the way down. You heard this clang. <laughs> right? People looked at me, I don't know. Oh but, you know, I felt as a young man that I made a contribution to the idea, to supporting the cause at that young age. We need to get back to the notion that we all have to stack hands, drop that nickel in the bucket, hear it hit the bottom, and try to make change in the way that we can make change in our country. I'm more optimistic today I have ever been. I'm very optimistic about our city, our leadership here uh, in the mayor's office, in city council. I think they're doing a good job. And they just keep doing it and bring people together to solve our problems in our communities. When I was mayor, there's nothing more important than getting stuff done. It just just had to get it done. You didn't, you don't have excuses. And people say, I need, I need this done. You got to do it. You don't look at their political philosophy to achieve it. Solutions, solution-based efforts is a radical metal. While I was mayor, it was always a whisper on my shoulder. First black mayor, is he competent? The dispatch did a series of gray cards on me. My first year as mayor, my performance on uh, front page articles for a few years in a row. Never before done to any other politician, never since done to any other elected official, where they literally went through my statements and graded whether I had accomplished it or not. And in and of itself, that was not a problem because I can stand up to being accountable, but it never been never been done before to any politician or elected official. Never not with a president, governor, mayor, dog catcher, and never since. And that to me was a statement that would reoccurred when they ran that editorial that said, "Well, you know." Um, the mayor's, uh, Mayor Ginther's uh, uh, program for shelter markets is okay, but make sure they're competent. Make sure those businesses are competent. That rung all the way back to that series of articles that was done on me. I said, I'm just, I just, just can't tolerate it anymore. And it was before George Floyd. But that's what ticked me off. Uh, the, the question of, of, of competence when it comes to, to black, black folks. And, and that's what that gray card was about. Is he competent? Not done to any other elected official. You know, those are some of the things being the first black mayor, you just kind of deal with and you got to move on. You can't hold it. I held it. It's come back. But yeah, I got to do my job. I have to lead. I have to solve problems. But those are the things. And there were this other things over the years, like the police officer who refused to shake my hand. Refused to. He's still on the police force. I think all of that is fine, kind of forms of racism. So we can talk more about it. It's a good topic for another day. Okay. We'll save you for another day. Do you miss the job? Do you miss being mayor? You know, I mean, I spent uh, half of my adult life as the mayor of the city. <laughs> By the time I stepped down, I had been 
30 years, half that time, I was the mayor of the city of Columbus. I was mayor of the city of Columbus. So it was hard to adjust. Uh, I have adjusted and I I cherish my privacy now. I, I do have a lot of feelings about the city. I love the city. You can't help not love the city. I just love the city. It's the, it's the greatest city in America. I am frequently asked by uh, leaders, and it's today's leaders, about my opinion on stuff. I'm, I'm free to offer it. But I, I think passing the torch was important. And it's important to bring up a new leaders with newer ideas, good ideas, and let them go at it in terms of demonstrating their leadership. And so while I miss being mayor, it is important that a new generation of people come along to take the torch that I've passed them and make the city even better than the way I left it. I will take that as a no. I don't miss it. <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And for all of our listeners out there, thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook page at Facebook slash group slash Other Side Podcast. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at Other Side underscore P-O-D. And until the next time, try to see things from the other side.